My name is Andrew Binder, and I'm from New Orleans. Hi, my name is Kevin, and I have a podcast. On this episode of Why Do You Do That, my guest is Andrew Binder. Andrew and I first met our freshman year of college, but we weren't friends until the following year when he joined me as a tour guide for the College of Engineering at Purdue. Andrew loves to talk, full stop, but he also loves his hometown of New Orleans and he loves to talk about that too. Uh, So much, in fact, that he took me and a group of other guys, including episode three guest Eduardo, on a trip to New Orleans for our spring break senior year at Purdue. Andrew is always fun to goof around with in chat, and I hope you learn a thing or two about one of my favorite cities in America. It's Nolens, baby! Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin, and as a reminder, I have a podcast. This is it, and my guest this week is Andrew Bender. Bender, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you about your hometown of Nolens. Yeah, uh, it's... <laughs> that's what the locals call it, right? Uh, absolutely not, but we can talk about that and plenty more things. There's a lot of wacky, wacky shit to talk about with New Orleans. All right. All right. Well, and with that first bell, uh, we're going to start class off today in biology class. Uh, biology class, of course, the first question uh, in most of these episodes, just to, to hear if you have any family history from uh, being in Nolens. I do. Um, so I guess I should address the small elephant in the room and ask uh, and answer the question, why uh, do I do this? Um, I'm from New Orleans, not strictly by choice, but uh, my parents met there. They fell in love. They dated for three years. They broke up for three years. They got back together. They got married. And that's why I'm here. A story Uh, tale. Do they meet at a, do they go to Tulane? They did not go to Tulane. Um, Well, my mom didn't. My dad is a, uh, is a Tulane med school grad, but my mom actually sold medical equipment. And I think she sold my dad like an x-ray machine or something dumb. And he was like, hey, we should go on a date. And she was like, yeah, we should. But Dang. they uh, they met in New Orleans. They dated in New Orleans. They broke up in New Orleans. They got married. My That's family. what we call New Orleans is the, it's the city of love, right? Yeah, absolutely. In the boot. It's, uh, it's uh, the boot city of love. Yeah. Or uh, never mind. I was going to make a very stupid joke. Uh, never stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> it might not stop me later we'll see all right um but yeah my my family on my dad's side has been from at least the louisiana area for honestly a couple hundred years um my dad's dad is german and my dad's dad's family moved from kind of the alsace lorraine region between germany and france uh back in the 1800s they're bakers um so they moved from there they started a bakery in new orleans uh and after like six or seven closings and reopenings of this bakery uh we're here today so it it has literally been baker 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 for my entire family history down i guess the the patriarchal line and then my dad surgeon me rocket scientist Mm. now uh i mean we've we've mentioned like baked goods uh i know they're deep fried but um you know beignets is is that (laughs) is that in there at all it has been in the past um they used to make them at my grandpa's bakery and i i had them a bunch 
but they stopped making them. Uh, my grandpa got sick quite a while ago. He's since passed away. It's been quite some time, but uh, they used to have beignets. They made king cakes. Uh, they made, uh, honestly, one of the most underrated Louisiana pastries. I guess I should really say New Orleans French pastries isn't the beignet. It's something called a pedophore. And they are amazing, delicious little cubes of wedding cake. It's almost like wedding cake. And they glaze them with like a hard glaze. And it is just amazing. It's so is it, is it like a sheet delicious. cake? It's like a sheet cake that you cut up and then no, you glaze after? Or they are, they are square? Little baked cubes they're like an inch on each side uh-huh. and they glaze them with whatever you know again hard icing they decide and they're just amazing sometimes they'll come with like little decorations on top like little icing flowers or anyway so, so wait, wait. we went to new orleans uh what three years ago at this point you didn't make us eat those at all i okay so i will i do have an excuse they tend to be more event food. Like if you're going to a wedding or oh, okay. if you're going to, an, you know, an anniversary or a baby shower, they'll typically cater something like that. But I could not find a good excuse to drag you out to some random bakery in New Orleans and be like, hey, guys, you guys have to try these metaphors. <laughs> I guarantee you everyone that was on that trip would have had no problem getting dragged out to a bakery to have. We, we spent... Uh, I think it was the Thursday of that trip being drunk for almost 24 hours straight. And I think if I had dragged you guys out to a bakery during that span, that would have been the ideal time, mm. <laughs> but hindsight's 2020. Yeah. That would have been ideal. If only Eduardo would have like complained about how much he hated my shirt while we were on the way there or something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you talking about that shirt that you took a bunch of pictures in? They're really, it's like a, I wore I wore like a Hawaiian shirt every day of yep. that trip and yep. um that particular day it like had like cars on it and we were I riding remember. the streetcar back for, to our Airbnb from Bourbon Street and Eduardo just looks at me and he looks down at the shirt and looks back up at me and he goes I don't like that shirt. <laughs> and then that's it. That's all he said. And I was like, okay, thanks, Ed. <laughs> I remember him being really quiet that day too. That was probably one of the only things he said that day. <laughs> yeah, no, he, was, he was just not happy at that point in the day. Yeah, I I wasn't either. I was, was I was suffering. I was yeah. slogging through the day. We were on our way back to take a nap. So yeah. That was, hey, that was we did that day well. It was it was a good day. What what an amazing BNB Airbnb, by the way. Really was. That really was. was. Uh, shout out to the uh, I believe it was called the House of Crew. It was, yeah. On Airbnb. C R E W E. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll look it up and see if I can link to it in the show notes. Uh, give yeah. that guy some business because that was a that was a great Airbnb. Yeah. Also, about right two or three the... blocks away from where Drew Brees lives. Yeah, we will we will get to uh, Mr. Brees here later. Oh, I guarantee man. you it. Okay. Um, so I guess, yeah, let's cover some good family history. Your mom's side also from around the area? No, my mom's side of the family is all from Morton, Illinois. Um, That's a very so different location. Center of Illinois, uh, middle of nowhere. I've been there. It's very boring. There's a huge, uh, is it a caterpillar plant? Might be uh, caterpillar. It might be John Deere. I don't remember, but it's well. It's not John Deere. Uh, Caterpillar's got some stuff throughout Illinois, though, so I wouldn't be surprised. 
So when I tell you that's the only thing in this medium-sized town, it's the only thing in this. I'm not surprised. Town. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then the la the the last question in in the biology side of things um, is you know biology you study evolution pretty frequently you know in biology. <laughs> is there is there any like evolutionarily different thing about people from new orleans you know are you are you built bigger are are you built <laughs> stupider um not implying either of those things but you know anything you got hey one of those is true i'll leave the audience to decide which one one of those uh, is true all right <laughs> now i will say uh I have traveled a good bit of this country in my very, very short career. Uh, I've found that, uh, so let me, let me pause and rewind for a second. I'm a bit of a silly guy, you know? I just, Completely you know, unaware of that. Most, most people on this planet know me as a very straight edge kind of remarkably serious man. And all the time, that I'm like interacting with people from places that aren't New Orleans, I realize just how weird and kooky every single person who's from New Orleans is. Everybody's just got this. It's a good crazy, but everybody's just got this crazy about them. <laughs> and it certainly colored my experience going out, I guess, into the rest of the world. And um, I realized that as hard as it may be to accept this, I'm one of the more normal people <laughs> to come out of the city of New Orleans. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, Makes it's, sense. Uh, it's, it's funny seeing that, having that perspective and realizing that me, of all people, is remarkably normal for where I'm from. Why do you, uh, do you have any like theories on why that is? Oh, I have very little idea. Um, if I had to guess, um, I think me, I think my mom being from the Midwest and being sort of a tempering influence on me, on my personality, I think that was a good thing for me. And I think that could be it. I couldn't really tell you, but I certainly, I, I think back to some of the people that I've met and have known in New Orleans and just, it kind of blows my mind <laughs> how so, like, different it is you know well, you know why I'm, I'm like why are people from new orleans you know why are they goofballs right is it um, I, you know i i would say new orleans definitely in at least a uh, cultural standpoint like you're, you're always you know you think of new orleans you're, you're pretty much immediately going to think of like mardi gras or right. uh, shenanigans on, on bourbon street or something and clearly there's there's some like celebratory nature to that uh, as a city and is it just like if you're so used to the lightheartedness of of those celebrations i think there's you actually, carry that everywhere i think there's really something interesting that goes on um new orleans is kind of the intersection of a lot of different things um it, for good reason, is known as the melting pot city. Uh, and two things that I think interact in a really interesting way in New Orleans are the culture of the South 
And this kind of really celebratory, um, optimistic, and to put it very fairly, silly culture um, that exists around New Orleans and around its, for lack of a better term, its party scene. Um, the culture of the South in that, you know, life is slow and, you know, business isn't strictly a professional thing. It's certainly a personal thing as well. And personal relationships matter in business. Um, it's the way that it treats family members, the way that it treats guests. Um, all of those things uh, interact in a really interesting way with New Orleans. In, and there's a saying in French in New Orleans, and please excuse me for butchering this. No, please, so please use your best French accent. I'm looking All forward right. to it. So in English, the phrase is let the good times roll. And that's les bons temps roll. Well, I think, I forget. And I really can't speak French. So I'm just kind of striking out here. But um, there is such an atmosphere and culture in New Orleans of being laid back, and things really just having, you know, you have all the time in the world to do something and serious things certainly can happen. They will happen. If you need to like, I can see Lafayette in the background. Is that Lafayette? That is, yeah, that is my cat, Lafayette, yeah. who is just yelling for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can see, I can see them playing around. I can't hear the yelling, fortunately. Okay. That's, that's anyway, cool. anyway, um, you know, this sort of laid back, easygoing culture mixing with the New Orleans culture, I think contributes, going back to your question, contributes to this sort of atmosphere of very laid back, easygoing, and kind of weird people who come from New Orleans. Again, it's not a bad weird. It's just a very, very unique weird. Um, you can almost pick out instantly. Uh, if you're, if you know what you're looking for, you can pick out instantly if somebody's from the area, because they just have this sort of air about them that is kind of hard to misidentify, you know? It's like, there's really only one place in the U.S. where you get that sort of person, and uh, not many other places that you, that you do as well. Yeah. Um, so it feels like we've kind of bled into geography class here oh, a yeah. little bit. Uh, but I was, so you've got the, the Mississippi river, you know, feeding out into the, into the, the, yeah, right into the Gulf there. Um, do you think it has to do with the fact that I feel like New Orleans to me feels like possibly the most European city in the United States where it just kind of, it feels a little bit more organically developed. Things feel a little bit older. Um, there's definitely a, a connection to daily life and commerce kind of all is together simultaneously. There's not as much like isolated. All right, this is a business zone. This is a residential zone. Right, things all are very those blended. Things. Right. Yeah, they're very, they're very blended. Do you think maybe just like the fact that New Orleans is so old and that it is like a it's a port city where you have people moving through it constantly does do those add into the into the effect of the culture of the area oh absolutely um 
I mean, the ownership rights to the city of New Orleans have been owned by more countries than sometimes is easy to count. It's been French, it's been Spanish, it's been American. For a very short stint, it was Confederate. Um, it's been owned by, I mean, the area around the city has been owned by Indian tribes. I mean, you, you name it. Um, it has traded hands quite a few times. And each time, um, for better or for worse, I should say, the cultures of the owners of the city of New Orleans have bled into and kind of been subsumed by New Orleans itself, the people who live there. Um, in New Orleans itself, you'll see tons of Spanish architecture. You'll see tons of French architecture. You'll see um, French food. You'll see Spanish food. That's really actually what jambalaya is. It's a mix of uh, a Spanish dish, which I am just blanking on the name right now. Um, but it's a dish that's still made today. Paella? Um, yeah, paella. It is actually very similar to paella um, with French influences, kind of taking the, the holy trinity of, what is it, celery, onion, and carrots, and blending that with the Spanish paella. I, I know I'm, again, butchering the, the French holy trinity. Some French cook is going to actually find me and murder me. Um, for screwing that up but um, even something as quintessentially New Orleans as jambalaya is a blend of cultures um, and like you mentioned New Orleans is a port city uh, for much of our history even to this day uh, New Orleans is kind of the first point of entry that many people um, especially people from South America especially people from Central America it's kind of their first point of entry into the United States um, so even recently, a lot of that culture, whether it be um, a little bit less from Mexico, more south than that, but um, you know, whether it be Honduran or Costa Rican or whatever, um, a lot of that has come into the city too. Um, and of course, we have culture from up the Mississippi and how riverboat culture has uh, changed, modified, joined with, sometimes split away from New Orleans culture. Um, whether it be riverboat trading, riverboat gambling. I mean, you could, you could talk about this for hours. People write theses about <laughs> all the cultural mismatch and, and weirdness and the ways that cultures interact in New Orleans. Uh, it's, it's quite the topic. I, I, I could talk about it forever, but um, there's a lot Friends, to it. That's why you said it was thought of as, as a melting pot of a, of a city, right? So that is, that is the easiest way to describe something that is just so blended blended is a good word so uh, actually you know what i guess there's the bell uh, as a reminder that we mm. this week's bell is brought to you once again by duncansdrafts.substack.com uh and anyway it's time for college prep uh college prep class um and obviously new orleans huge tourist area uh great music scene uh, all of those sorts of kind of things that you'll interact with when you're on vacation there. Um, but what else is there kind of like job prospect wise in New Orleans? Is it entirely tourism driven or is there, is there a, another industry that's just often associated with New Orleans? Right. Um, so, you know, naturally kind of the big one, at least right now is tourism. Um, New Orleans, like we mentioned earlier, is a port. It serves really the entire Mississippi Delta, the Ohio River Delta, 
Um, so really all trade goes through there. So there's some trade jobs, um, a lot of boating jobs, that sort of thing. Um, service is the big one. There's also, uh, especially out in the Gulf of Mexico, there's quite a few petroleum jobs too. I, I have friends who've gone and worked in the oil wells and made you know, ridiculous money doing it. Um, what else? So you as a as a rocket scientist, oh yeah, <laughs> you didn't have you didn't have too much for you back in New Orleans after graduation, did you? I had exactly two job prospects. Um, I thought I had three, but okay. the third one ended up being a place. Uh, I forget what the name of it was, but it was very deceiving. It was a mortgage place, and certainly not was it Rocket Mortgage. It was <laughs> so as much as you joke, it was something like that. It wasn't specifically rocket mortgage. I think I would have been able to pick that one out, but it was certainly so. something. It was something very boring under the guise of a very cool name that fooled me for a while. Um, my two job prospects in and around New Orleans are, I guess you could count Houston too. That's not too far, but in New Orleans is Mishu. Uh, the assembly plant where they built the, where they, I guess, used to build the old orange uh, external tanks for the space shuttle. Oh, so I could have gone to work there. Um, okay. They're building, they're building some of the, some of the booster engines now for NASA's new SLS rocket, uh, which will hopefully be taking off soon. Uh, that's been a saying in the making for about 15 years, but uh, for real this time, it might might be. And there is Stennis Space Center, which is actually about 20 minutes away from my parents' house. Uh, I live about half an hour north of New Orleans. My, I should say my parents live around half an hour north of New Orleans now. And Stennis Space Center is where they build uh, and really test a lot of the bigger rocket engines. Um, Mishu's fine. I'd go work at Mishu. But Stennis, it's a bit too country bumpkin for me. It's great and all but it's a lot of just real redneck hillbillies who like watching things blow up and i could go work there i think i'd probably fit in but certainly just not my not my culture especially not out in the middle of nowhere i think i, I don't think i would enjoy it as much as i would enjoy living in a city or living just about anywhere else than the middle of nowhere touche <laughs> touche is, is there a lot of people that you know from, are, are there often people who uh, maybe grew up in New Orleans, either stuck around in New Orleans for, for school or went elsewhere for school and then came back to New Orleans? Is that something that happens very often? There are kind of two groups of people. Um, the first group of people are those who will be born and raised in and around the city. You know, they'll go to, uh, to, to Hannon High School or they'll go to Isidore Newman or they'll go to, uh, you know, where I went to high school, which is a little tiny Christian school up on, uh, again, the north side of New Orleans, about 30 miles north of the city. Um, they'll go to all these schools. They'll head to LSU for college, head to Tulane for college, and then just stay in the city for the rest of their life. Um, so there's that group of people. Uh, and there's also a second group of people from New Orleans. And we can talk about people not from New Orleans too, because there's a bunch of interesting dynamics that happen there too. Um, the group of people not from New Orleans will grow up, they'll enjoy the city. Granted, as a kid, can't really 
do a lot of the fun things that you can do in New Orleans as a child, but uh, they'll grow up in the city. They'll have got that World War II museum. <laughs> exactly. You can have an absolute blast as a child at the World War II museum. Um, Bourbon Street, not so much. No. But uh, they'll grow up in the city. They'll love the city. They'll go back often, but they will not move back there. Uh, again, with sort of the limited nature of the city, it's hard to find jobs for a lot of different professions in New Orleans. And even though it's a city, it's a little hard to find niche work there where you could really find it somewhere else. And since you wanted to be a rocket scientist, uh, you decided not to stick around and you, yes. only, you, know, you had those two prospects. And so I will pose potentially an answer for why you are from New Orleans. Um, because part of being from some places not being there um, sure. very <laughs> <true>. <laughs> that's very true yeah. is, is, there weren't necessarily the the job prospects in your particular field um, that you wanted to to stick around for how often would you say you go back though um i guess maybe in the before times we'll ignore the past <laughs> right, years so. right 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 uh in the time before time um i would typically go back a little less than, or a little like, I should say more than once a year. It'd be around every 10 months or so. I'd go see the city. I'd go do kind of the dumb touristy things that I missed. Uh, I'd be there for a week. Hey, Laffy, what's up? Be there for a week. Um, and then I'd head back to whatever boring life I, I had elsewhere. Um, but no, I, I do love New Orleans to death. I try to go back often, but yeah, there's just not, not much work there for people like me. Um, and uh, when I say that I am the only aerospace engineer, well, I, I should say before I went to college, I was the only aerospace engineer I had ever met or heard of from New Orleans. Uh, I'm not, it's not hyperbole. <laughs> I'm yeah. not being sarcastic. There are no aerospace engineers from New Orleans for good reason. Again, petroleum, civil engineering, that sort of thing. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I guess that leads us to, yep, and there's the bell. Uh, this, this bell was brought to you maybe by Quip, uh, you know, the electric toothbrush that is easily accessible and gives you new brush, brushes on a regular dentist-approved schedule. Try going to getquip.com slash why do you do that? See if you can do it. I don't know. Maybe there will be a discount code. Figure it out. Did you say uh, thrust brushes earlier? I'm I, curious. I just said a lot of words that weren't the word I wanted to say. Hey, I'm vaguely more interested in buying Quip now. So there <laughs> you go. Uh, maybe a sponsor. Who knows? Um, they haven't sent me a check yet. So I don't oh, Yeah. Okay. Not a so very it's not good, that serious. You guys not a good just, check. You guys are just talking right now. Yeah, which is we just you haven't gotten the dog together. Or... No, no, not, no, not yet. You haven't met their parents. No, but uh, <laughs> since it is recess, I have uh, one question that I want to start out recess uh, for you, mm. and that question is, who dat? <laughs> <laughs> who dat saying they're gonna beat them Saints? Is that the full? Who is that the dat? full phrase? That is the full phrase. Can you explain? Yeah. Can you, can you explain that phrase? Because literally 
Um, we went to Purdue. I know Drew Brees, and I know the phrase "Who dat" is somehow so, associated with him. Who dat is something, and I will throw hands about this. So, hit my DMs if you're trying to fight. Uh, Cleveland, I think it's Cleveland. Okay. They have the saying "Who day?" Is that Cleveland? Um, it is some. Keep Midwestern. talking, and I'll, I'll do some sure live some, fact some background researching. Um, some boring Midwestern city has who day, and that is not how that saying goes. It is who dat, and who dat is a part of a. It's almost like a fight song <laughs> for a college, kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, Hail Purdue for Purdue, or um hail michigan or all those dumb songs that you stole from colleges and used for your high school Mm -hmm. um it is kind of like a fight song for for the professional for the professional football team and uh who day (laughs) is the Bengals? the Bengals. okay it's cincinnati anyway any cincinnati listeners out there i will fight if you guys try to claim that as your own um but who day is part of this fight song. And there's another really interesting intersection between music and the saints and also the culture of New Orleans. Everything, again, is very blended and very interconnected. Um, but the full lyrics of the song are, who dat, who dat, who dat saying they're going to beat them saints. And it's something that you yell, potentially drunkenly, every single saints game. Um, it's, Do you yell it at a particular time in the game? Is it like is it like a after a touchdown thing or it's a it's a yeah, it can be. Um mm-hmm. it can also just be a general let's get the crowd rowdy sort general of thing. Merriment. Like general merriment. That's a good uh-huh. way to put it. But it certainly okay. can be situational. Uh in fact, there are quite a few uh local, I will say, songs that make their way into Saints games um that are various degrees of jazzy or tremendously ratchet or uh, in other ways, quintessentially New Orleans. (laughs) Well, for example, when the Saints go marching in was of Mm -hmm. course written for the, for the New Orleans Saints, right? It, I would like to believe that it was, but it really wasn't. It was a Catholic thing first and that's fine and all, but it's, it's, it's a Saints thing now. I'm pretty comfortable saying those darn Catholics. You win stuff for thousands of years. Singing worship songs that just so happen to turn into <laughs> New Orleans Saints fight songs. <laughs> okay, so I understand who that a little bit more. Okay. Uh, but of course, with recess, you're hanging out with your friends. You're sharing memes. Um, <laughs> what, are, what are some good New Orleans memes that maybe you only get if you're actually from New Orleans? Like, can you enlighten us on, on what those memes might be? Of course, you know, you've got uh, Nolans and you got the itty bitty little crawdaddies. Uh, that's, that's an SNL sketch though. So we, we're all aware of that already. It is. It is. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll brainstorm while I talk and hopefully I can come up with more than just this. Um, the first amazing New Orleans meme is Bourbon Street during the daytime. Uh, it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> it's kind of like walking around Las Vegas early in the morning, just when the sun's come up and you can just start to see the puddles of 
uh, questionable liquid on the ground. You don't want to know what they are, but they're there and they smell. Doesn't uh, that liquid have a name? Uh, sidewalk gumbo. Sidewalk gumbo. That's yeah. That's what that's what people colloquially call it. Um, so look at me. I learned things. Look at that, Kevin. Kevin is remarkable at remembering things that were mentioned one time on our trip in New Orleans. Trivia skills right there. <laughs> So sidewalk gumbo, uh, going to Bourbon Street in the daytime is something that I think personally is really funny. Um, all the various tropes of people miss saying New Orleans or talking about our culture in very funny ways that are a bit reductionist, but in, are regardless hilarious is another really good scheme one. of things. Okay, so we know Nolens. <laughs> Nolens, baby. We know Nolens <laughs> is wrong. Yes. And we're pretty sure that New Orleans is correct. So it's kind of difficult to explain. So if you just Susie Q from the Midwest were to say the word New or say the words, I, I should say, New Orleans, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Enunciate it fully, say it out. That'd be fine. That's acceptable. That's normal, whatever. Uh, Nolens off the table um the way which is why i love saying <laughs> which it's it is very funny but yeah it's it's definitely uh not how it's said um i laugh every time you say it if it makes you feel better what about uh, nola nola is kind of a it's it's an abbreviation at that point yeah it's fine in certain contexts but it's got this kind of weird gentrified air about it that's oh, okay. not that's not bad but it just feels kind of like it feels kind of like a kind of like a brand symbol kind of like a yeah it's something you slow you throw on a t-shirt not necessarily a city that, that you, you grew up in yeah not necessarily something that you slap it, it's certainly something you slap on a t-shirt or like buy from a really cheap shitty souvenir shop in new orleans but it's kind of like nyc you know nobody goes and lives in new york and says i'm from nyc baby the big apple nobody nobody does that <laughs> i would definitely say that if i I, I would milk the ever-loving shit out of that i would i would love the reactions i'd get from native new yorkers but um that's it's kind of the same thing and nola's part of that if you really want to try to say it authentically and it's kind of hard to do correctly Locals will say New Orleans, right? And I'm, I'm enunciating on purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, locals will say New Orleans. But the way that a lot of locals will speak is kind of like a slurred. You can almost pick out little tiny bits of a French or like a continental Europe Spanish accents or even to an extent, you know, some of the some of the Haitian Creole that uh, influenced large parts of the city. Um, they kind of slur the city or kind of slur the name. So when I'm talking about New Orleans or New Orleans or anything like that, you can kind of hear me slurring halfway through the word. And that's not intentional. That's just kind of how I say the name of the city, but it's kind of how everybody says it. You know, it's kind of like, uh, again, going back to New York, you know, people from New York don't say, yeah, I'm from New York. They say, yeah, I'm from New York, you know, it's just kind of part of the accent, part of the inflection, and the slur in the middle of New Orleans is not only part of the way that people from the city say it, I think it's also uh, kind of a funny callback to 
uh, our party culture, our laid back, just kind oh, of, the, the, yeah, the, the history behind roll. it too and everything. Yeah. Slurring is certainly something that you'll hear a lot of in New Orleans. So uh, New Orleans, wrong. that's just outright wrong. Yeah, I, I can definitively say that if somebody walks up to me and says, yeah, I was born and raised in New Orleans, I'll be like, no, you weren't. <laughs> that's which, wrong. which is more offensive? What, like, what is the most, can you rate these versions of mm. the name yes. on how offensive they are? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I sure can. So I will say that it's not offensive, probably not the right word. I don't think anybody from New Orleans which is really is, going to get which up Which one is more wrong? We'll just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use the word egregious. Egregious is a good word. Um, the absolute most egregious is Nolens. <laughs> uh, Nolens is definitely the worst. Um, close, not close second, but the not too distant second is New Orleans. That's a little much. Um, third, again, kind of the the strangely gentrified NOLA tourist mark, you could say, is in a third place. Um, fourth place, as we're starting to get more and more acceptable, something that's not going to get you laughed at, is just calling it New Orleans, you know, no accent whatsoever. Mm. And then once you finally learn to slur in the middle of your sentences, uh, New Orleans is probably the best of all. But Again, it's an acquired skill. And if you're not too careful, uh, it can certainly sound like Nolens real easily. For sure, for sure. I was going to say, I was gonna, when you were saying like, you know, slur in the middle of the word, I was going to be like, so you're, you're an absinthe or too deep. And then you just naturally can pronounce it correctly. But I would say when I was an absinthe or too deep, I would definitely be screaming Nolens. I will say that the culture in uh, New Orleans around alcohol is very permissive. And if you're an absinthe or too deep, I don't think people are going to give a shit how you call anything. Touché. Touché. <laughs> as long as you get the message across, I don't think anybody will care too much. Uh, so, yeah, well, that was a great recess. And with that bell, uh, mm -hmm. that bell was brought to you by Squarespace. Head on over to squarespace.com slash why do you do that and see if you get a discount. Uh, <laughs> but we're now we're on to media studies class. And I think, you know, with, with Nolens um, kind of being something that is joked about or, or used and kind of promoted in media, uh, most notably, I guess, in, in our history of us talking about things in that one SNL sketch, uh, linked in the show notes. Um, what is something that is, I guess, talked about or portrayed about New Orleans that is oftentimes wrong? Hmm. Oftentimes wrong. You know, is it, is it truly Mardi Gras every single day? <laughs> is uh are the streetcars really that great are uh cafe du monde beignets worth waiting three hours in line all of that sort of stuff so i will say yes yes and yes all okay. of those are totally accurate stereotypes um i i i have a point about mardi gras mardi gras is kind of a it's kind of a special time of year imagine uh, imagine the excitement you would feel in like the Christmas season, right? Hallmark starts playing their 28 days of Christmas or whatever they've decided to do. They extend it every year and start playing movies before 
Thanksgiving and sooner and sooner. But uh, it's kind of like that sort of time of year, early December, mid-December, late December, you start getting excited about this thing that's going to happen. And really it's the excitement and the buildup to it that are the best parts of Christmas. At least I think so. There's a very similar thing with Mardi Gras in New Orleans, and it's really conveniently at a time when there's no other federal holidays. Uh, so it fills the gap perfectly, but it's, it's quite literally like a six-week event where for six weeks there are parades and people buy king cakes and people go out to uh, Bourbon Street for no good reason at all, you know? And Is there really ever a good reason to go out to Bourbon Street? There's always a good reason to go out to bourbon street and it doesn't have to be one that you can put into words well so it is <laughs> now something that i think you kind of showed off uh when we were in new orleans is sure. is bourbon street really the best of new orleans mm. and i would pose no it depends on what you like um i will say that you can you can chop through and take a huge old bite out of a huge pie piece of New Orleans by going to Bourbon Street. You get the music, you get the rowdy alcoholism, you get uh, the kind of gross daytime streets, you get uh, the culture, you get all of that by going to Bourbon Street. And there are certainly other places that you can go that will focus in a little bit more on certain parts of the culture. Like for example, uh, I think I took you guys at some point in the week to Frenchman Street you did. Frenchman is a, it's a local hangout. You know, the, there aren't very many non-locals who actively make an attempt to go to Frenchman. Um, and it's really kind of a live music focused Bourbon Street style area where it's open container, you can drink in the streets, but it's also locals who know how to handle the liquor and appreciate live jazz. Um, it's a little bit more of that and a little bit less of kind of a, you know, drunk tourist with their shirts half off kind of thing. Um, so Frenchman is really more of a focus into the city's music culture. Um, that's evident in, uh, I think there are like half a dozen record stores on Frenchman, in and around Frenchman. Um, live bars basically on every corner or live music with, within bars, I should say, on every corner. Um, and uh, as far as stereotypes go, at least with Mardi Gras, and I'll finish this point, um, at least with Mardi Gras, when people say it's Mardi Gras every day of the year, it's a party every day of the year. Don't get me wrong. You can find something to do and somewhere to go any day of the year in New Orleans. But Mardi Gras is special. And it's certainly, uh, it's certainly a partier <laughs> i will say and there's just there's a there's a whole it's again it's like christmas time there's a whole culture and uh expectation and uh series of events that happen around mardi gras and the build-up is what really makes it special mardi gras day is kind of boring to be fair there are a couple parades there are a couple things going on but there's really not too much going on it's a tuesday um but the previous weekend will be uh the Rex Parade, um, and Dimian will be around there. The, the really nice, cool, good parades are actually in the weeks leading up to Mardi Gras. Um, there, so I didn't of, realize, so there are multiple parades. Oh, there are dozens of parades. It's, it's kind of like going to, 
it's like going to a six-week festival, right? And trying to catch all the great like headliners, um, except they're spread out over six weeks. So you can go to every single one if you're trying to skip that much work, which a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, I, I, you know, I'm joking about this, but I literally took off of school to go to Mardi Gras parades. My school shut down. My high wow. school shut down so that people could go to the city. We had like a week off. Um, yeah, it's it's a whole which is, it's a whole thing. So I wouldn't say that every favorite. day in the world. Which is my favorite? Yeah. Um, whichever one I'm at, they're all pretty good. Okay. If you stick to the main ones, they're all pretty good. What's There's the some, difference between all of them? Uh the theme. The theme. Um, there are some parades that are uh, kind of a. I don't. I'm I'm struggling to put it to words, but the theme is definitely what is the difference between them. Um, Would that theme be something like this one has more floats, this one has more people walk in, this one has different costumes? Yeah, like this one is completely themed around music. This one's completely themed around the 1980s. This one, like, (laughs) is that? (laughs) <laughs> it is it is both of those answers at once actually. i see okay. and that's why i was struggling to put it to words because i was like how do i delineate between like one the other um but when i say theme yeah it's all of those things um and that's really how they'll differ and they they tend to stick uh, certain parades will stick to the same theme every year they'll have an associated ball like a literal like dance uh to it they'll have a whole royal court that gets elected every year really Oh, it's a big deal. How do you uh, get, elected? get invited to these balls? Uh, a, you either donate a lot of money to the committee who <laughs> runs the parade. Uh, that's certainly one way of doing it. Or um, you're just some ridiculously popular, famous figure from New Orleans like Drew Brees. Oh, okay. Um, Drew Brees has been uh, Osiris Rex, I think once or twice. Um, Tom Benson, the owner of the Saints. Uh, really any figure that you could pick out from new orleans has probably been involved with the parade at one point or another did you just say osiris rex that am i am i blanking i am i this is like me pulling from my memory from 10 years ago i have not thought about any of this stuff recently i really should have like got this into my mental brain space before just trying to riff on it for 45 minutes straight hold on osiris rex is definitely a a nasa mission let me check to see if it's also a parade. I am really struggling here. Yeah, you can yeah, tell Rex me. Yeah. The Rex Parade, okay. The Rex Parade. Rex means king. Yep. Uh, and his full name. So it's, it, That is a name of a person who sponsors the parade? And it is also the name of the parade itself. There's the Rex Parade, and there's like... Yeah, King Rex, or which I know is redundant if you speak <laughs> both languages. Um, but yeah, I mean, whoever the Rex is that year, uh, King Rex, whatever you want to call them, uh, are usually some big figure in New Orleans or something like that. But yes, it is also the name of the parade. And they happen to also ride in that parade on the big throne themed float. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big thing. It's kind of hard to describe unless you've seen it. It's strange to put it to words. I don't know. It's something that is an experience that you will just kind of 
get when you see it and have been there. But when you're hearing about it, you're like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Is it something you can you can look up on YouTube? Uh, yeah. Or, I or think you so. have to just kind of be there to really get it. It is certainly the better experience to be there um, and have the experience of standing out in the crowd and watching the floats combine, trying to guess what the next float's theme is going to be based off of their very cryptic name, um, catching beads, you know, maybe standing up on a ladder, doing something ridiculous. Uh, four beads, I'll let the viewers put two and two together. Um, that's certainly an experience in and of itself. And watching a YouTube video is just kind of a sanitized version of that. Uh, granted very unique experience but yeah you can absolutely go look it up on youtube there are full I'm, I'm looking at a link right now the all bands rex parade 2020 but only after float six which you're not missing much if it's only after float six but yeah you can go look it up on youtube if you want to all right sounds good well with that bell uh we have one more class today that bell of course is brought to you by duncansdrafts.substack.com slash why do you do that Go to that website, see if Duncan actually threw something together. I don't know. Uh, but our last <laughs> class of the day is home economics. And uh, we have talked about food a couple times. Uh, I'm wondering if you have a favorite New Orleans food, maybe a, an unsung hero. I know why, well, if maybe you're thinking about that, um, my my personal favorite thing is is the the muffaletta from mm. Napoleon House mm -hmm. um, is Pretty possibly good. the best sandwich I have ever eaten, <laughs> and it is I I don't even know how to like recreate quite that experience mm -hmm. anywhere else. So it, it feels like very uniquely a food that you you just have to get in New Orleans. Um, that and you know the itty bitty little crawdaddies those those <laughs> did are i make also you guys great. eat crawfish dude we had crawfish every four day times. yeah like, okay. it was, it was almost every day that i have this vague memory and my memory's not great but i have this vague memory of just destroying like two or three pounds of crawfish while you guys got through maybe a half pound a piece. Yeah, I have that, was, that vague memory. That was that first day <laughs> where we were all really slow at opening up the crawfish. Oh, that's right. And yeah. You were just like one and gun, like you were just like blowing through them. And we were all like trying <laughs> to keep up, but we couldn't do maybe is there what's your suggestions for eating crawfish? Oh man. Um, so first suggestion is there are good times of year and bad times of year for getting crawfish. And it typically depends on uh, the season. It's kind of like a hunting season, except they grow them in ponds. So I don't know why it's bad sometimes a year anyway. Um, so probably with crawfish, age, they probably have a, a mating yeah, season or something. It's probably something like that, but regardless, okay. there's sometimes of year with like big crawfish and little crawfish. And you want to get somewhere right in the middle where the crawfish aren't so ridiculously big that their shells get so like thick that it's hard to crack them open. Like imagine, imagine trying to do what you did with crawfish to like a crab with just your bare hands, right? Not That'd be easy. Awful. <laughs> uh, you'd have to like get it over a table corner or like really do some crazy maneuver to just get to the point where you could start eating it. Um, with crawfish, it's kind of the same thing. If they get huge, they're, still delicious but it's hard to get them cracked open so my first recommendation is get them right in the middle 
Um, my second recommendation is that there's a technique. Uh, it's hard to put into words, but there's a technique where you can, you know, pinch the tail in a certain way, or um, one of the things with crawfish is that you you remove certain sections of the shell and that makes the, e the meat easy uh, to pull out. Um, and all of that is something that I could describe into words, but it's like a feeling thing. I, it's not like a procedure that you could write out and be like, step one, firmly grasp your crawfish by tail section and head section. Step two, <laughs> it's not like that, you know? It, each crawfish has kind of got its own thing going on. So you just gotta and, go out, get some crawfish, try it out for yourself. It's like a really good example, a really good example. Did you ever, do you know how to like riffle shuffle cards? Yeah, you know how to do that, right? You have seen me do it in bars many times. Yeah, I've seen you do it in bars. I'm just checking for the sake of the, the sake of the podcast viewers. Well, um, bonus fact for the podcast viewers. He's also seen me do it in bars, mostly related to me doing card magic in bars. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I think it's hilarious how you go out to a bar, and I love this about you, but you go out to a bar, get drunk, and the first thing you decide to do is card magic. You also, did magic this, trick. <laughs> he also did this at multiple uh, house parties that were sponsored by uh, organizations that we were members of in college. <laughs> Uh, not sponsored by not sponsored by they weren't sponsored by but they certainly had the guest list correlated the guest that, list that's... just so happened to be exclusively members of certain organizations that's all we'll say that's all we'll say uh, but do you remember trying to teach yourself how to riffle shuffle cards i do having to sit there for because i i remember this having to sit there and just riffle shuffle for hours just teaching myself kind of the kind of the, 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 the skill and the kind of unspoken feeling of doing that and sort of the, sort of the, the, the zhuzh that it took to get it to happen. The zhuzh. That's, the zhuzh. A, that's a Cajun word, right? It is a word from somewhere and I couldn't even tell you where. Um, probably, it's probably like Yiddish. <laughs> it's right? probably Yiddish or something. I don't know. <laughs> but the zhuzh, right? That it takes. Um, and opening up a crawfish is kind of like that. There's a zhuzh to it. And yeah, there are some general guidelines that you follow to crack open a crawfish, but it's not a procedure. You just kind of got to feel it out. And it's something that you learn from practice and from watching people who know how to do it, uh, do it well. Because if you don't, it'll just be kind of awkward every time. <laughs> it's not so, a bad way. But. We've said you can't put it down in like a step one, step two, step three, but Step one is get yourself a person from New Orleans, which is a, a New Orleanian. Uh, New Orleans. Uh, yeah, any any variety of an Orleans, an Orleans human, New Orleanian, uh, <laughs> whatever dumb name you want to give so us. Yeah. Get yourself uh, a new Willie. Yes, <laughs> and then <laughs> that's step one for a lot of guys. <laughs> uh, and then head on over to a crawfish boil. Yeah. Which, sure. uh, do you have a, a location in New Orleans that is best for, uh, for a crawfish boil? Um, any of your friends' houses. Uh, crawfish boils are, I, and we're getting into so much good culture here, Kevin. That's um, the goal. Crawfish boils are kind of like, uh, and there are a lot of religious references that I'm making on purpose, especially to Catholicism, because believe it or not, it had a lot to do with the culture of New Orleans. Um, you, you, ever been to a, you ever been to a fish fry? 
I have been to a fish fry. So a lot of times it's put on by churches or maybe put on by your neighbors or put on by something. And it's kind of a, kind of a, kind of a homegrown, spontaneous group event is that it, happens uh, with just your friends, right? Is it often uh, like a Lenten thing as well? It is not. Um, okay. they, they can be year round. They just so happen. So <laughs> uh, fun fact about Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras is uh, the day before Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday is the kickoff for the Lenten period. Um, so Mardi Gras and Lent are uh, uh, absolutely and uh, totally intertwined. Um, it is very strictly not a Lenten thing. It just so happens that crawfish uh, are at their best around Lent. <laughs> so fish fries there. are happening. Yeah, right. It's, it's convenient how that happens, huh? But just around Lent, a lot of people, especially when the weather's starting to get warmer, will start inviting their friends over, their families over, their church groups, their friends' friends, their strange estranged family from two states over. Invite them over for a crawfish boil. And it's, it's kind of just this, again, this organic, homegrown, unique, spontaneous thing that happens kind of on the fly, much like everything else in New Orleans. But yeah, step one find somebody from New Orleans, step two, go to a crawfish boil, wherever that is. There aren't really many restaurants that I'd trust crawfish from for no other reason than it just feels wrong. You know, feels wrong to go to a, a business. I don't know. So go there and just try cracking open a couple crawfish yourself. And then as you're doing that, realize what feels weird as you're doing that and just be like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I take the tail off, I crack open the section, why isn't the meat coming out? And I'll be like, oh, 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 you need to take off one more section, or you need to pinch the tail, or you need to break open the claws, and I don't know. <laughs> claws are fun to play with. They are a lot of fun to play with. Um, they're really sharp, and when you have kind of the hot, broiling mixture going around, it's kind of spicy too, it is not very fun to get a cut like on Ooh. your hand no. or like on your mouth and then burn. Oh my God. It's awful. I have literally had to like raid people's houses for milk just to alleviate my, my, my torture after <laughs> accidentally stabbing myself with a crawfish claw. Is there a, is there a standard seasoning for crawfish? Like, is it, you know, do you, are you throwing in old day from your neighbors up in Maryland? <laughs> are you throwing in a whole bunch of Tabasco? What are you doing? Um, Again, I would have to I would have to go look it up to make sure I'm so colloquially I can tell you that you toss in whatever Cajun seasoning you can get your hands on. You can make it yourself. You can Tony Tony Sacco's Tony Tony Sacheries is a great one. <laughs> yeah, Tony Sacco's uh, is an amazing New Orleans seasoning that I would highly recommend to everyone. It's actually pretty widespread across the nation. So if you're pretty looking for a good Creole seasoning, it's pretty easy find. Um, but yeah, you toss in a lot of Tony Sacheries into some boiling water. Um, you'll put usually some potatoes in there, some little tiny gold medallion potatoes, um, some onions or some shallots. Uh, celery will go in there. Uh, the crawfish, once it's boiling, will go in there. Uh, and you just let them sit and boil. Uh, it's usually a two, three hour boil. Uh, you just let everything get to know each other in the pot. And uh, at the end, you pour all of the crawfish out. You strain the water, 
um, usually have like a like an insert that goes into the pot. You can pull out the insert, the crawfish come with it and the water drains. Um, but you pour the crawfish out onto a big table with no plate. Or I know people who have literal canoes, like <laughs> the boats. Yeah. Uh, and they'll mount the canoe up on some up on some stanchions, basically. And uh, and they will pour hundreds of pounds of crawfish into this boat and they'll do like decorative arrangements of all the onions and potatoes and celery and corn even they'll do corn on the cob um they'll like chop it in half and toss it in uh but they'll do decorative arrangements and have you know basil leaves and rosemary arrangements and if you're a little weird they'll do like kale arrangements (laughs) it's it, it can be as as much as funny as it is to pour a bunch of shrimp into a boat and have people eat out of the boat <laughs> it is kind of a work of art when done properly it's it's pretty impressive um but i i kid you not hundreds of pounds at a time because you've personally seen me put down three pounds of crawfish in no time in no time at all and i was not very hungry <laughs> i was not very hungry at all i could probably do six or seven pounds worth uh pretty easily not easily, but pretty manageably. Pretty manageably. Right, pretty manageably. Sure. <laughs> but crawfish boils are an amazing part of New Orleans culture and not something that you really get to do as a tourist. All right. Well, with, uh, with that last bell there, it is time for us to, to hop on the bus and head on home. Uh, you got anything you want to promote? Another podcast, Twitter account, Instagram, nonprofit, anything along those lines? So first, I will sponsor uh, the PR show by Richa. I know she is always looking for more listeners, and she has done some amazing work and has some amazing content on the PR show. Um, There are a bunch of New Orleans nonprofits that I would love to plug here. Um, There's quite a bit, but yeah, I'll I'll link it in the show notes. Don't worry, but I can't remember right now. All right. Well, that wraps it up for Bender and Nolens. Bender, thanks for <laughs> telling me why you do that. Hey, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm really happy you had me. And uh, yeah, I'd love to come back, keep talking about New Orleans or really anything else. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. If you want to be a guest on a future show, or if you have a question for a previous guest, head on over to www.kevinhasapodcast.com and fill out the forms there. Thanks.